Welcome back to the latest edition of the EMG podcast. Our guest today is Paul Sims, chairman of the wonderful I4 Pharma event. Um, I first met Paul a couple of years ago at the Congress uh, in Barcelona and was massively impressed by both him and the event itself. We're lucky to have him here today to discuss uh, Paul's background and the, the, the event itself. So hi, Paul, and welcome along today. Thanks very much, Spencer. Very kind of you. Make sure you're in my next annual review, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm trying. So, Paul, start off with, give us a little bit of background about yourself, first of all. Well, I've been at iPharma now 15 years. I, like many of us, fell into this wonderful industry um, accidentally, as opposed to by design, and stayed because I think we all recognise the potential of it once we get here. Before that, I think I was probably more interested in being an, an architect, actually. Right. Um, and now I sort of dabble in property renovation and stuff to sort yeah, of keep okay. that side of me, uh, that creative side uh, going. But um, uh, yeah, I, that was that was my main interest. I was always into sort of design and things and studied actually engineering, right. um, which actually wasn't much fun. I uh, pretty much uh, left that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, was uh, always uh, fascinated by sort of creating things. Really. Yeah. Mm. I studied town planning at university and I've never touched it since. So yeah. Well, that I'm not surprised <laughs> by. Um, so talking about education, tell, tell us a bit more about that. You know, did you go to university? What did you study? Yeah, well, engineering, you say. So engineering was at, was at university. But to be honest with you, I, I kind of fell out with education. Um, yeah. I mean, I was a sort of a straight A student that then got a third class degree. So something went yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, and uh, I realized that um, had a sort of family bereavement. It sort of made me sort of see the see the rest of the world as it is. And I I realized that um, I felt felt like education was was a ticket to a job interview. And I felt like it was uh, not representative of the real world. Uh, and I felt that um, I would do much better in just getting out there. And I really wanted to start my own business. That the one thing I did contribute, I suppose, to at university was actually creating the sort of student entrepreneurship organization. Right. And um, that was probably my biggest accolade. Had absolutely nothing to do with my degree. Yeah. Um, made friends with the business school, though, and uh, even got them to pay off my uh, student loans. So nice. that was pretty, uh, that yeah. was probably the, uh, the best thing I ever did <laughs> when yeah. I was a student. Uh, and then I worked on the university magazine the rest of the time, just making things look look you know pretty on pretty on that all day long, which is where I got sort of a design design background. So, yeah. yeah, oh great stuff. Mm. It's, it's amazing how often you hear that sort of story from from entrepreneurs and people like that that have mm. been leaders of businesses. That I don't think always the academic route is necessarily the the route that takes you into that sort of position. No, I, I even spent a lot of my time trying to sort of think how I could re redo education and came up with yeah. a, a business sort of creating sort of games and things to sort of circumvent traditional education and, and find new ways of doing schooling just because uh, I felt that uh, schools themselves um, were products of an industrial era from 100 yeah. years ago where you have an elite and everyone else is just a sort of mindless drone which is exactly what you needed for the factories of old yeah. but not what you need for the creative businesses of today yeah so I uh, felt like it could be done a lot better. And I guess you've, you've ended up educating now anyway with, with I4 Pharma. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's the purpose of that, is to educate those, those professionals. Yeah, educate, inspire, and I don't mean that in a sort of uh, light way. I think that we're in an industry that does genuinely need serious creativity and leadership. And um, I believe that we actually have a responsibility to create a mass movement towards that um we're in a we're in an industry which doesn't really cater well for a sort of steve jobs type figure to sort yeah. of uh, change it all so we need a lot of uh, individual um efforts on a, on a in a in a collective basis and um that's very much what i sort of see our our contribution to healthcare to be yeah 
So, so moving on from, from uh, university, what was your first job and, and what did it teach you? My first job was I for Pharma, believe it or not. I right. started as a plucky 22-year-old, yeah. didn't really have a clue what I was doing. Some would argue still don't. <laughs> and uh, just saw it as a very entrepreneurial job, yeah. actually, because if you think about it, when you're producing events, um, uh, which is the, the, the bulk of what, what, what we do, you basically have to research, create, design, market, uh, do everything in a sort of six to nine month period and then start all over again. Yeah. And it only really succeeds if you do start all over again with the research process and understanding what is important to people. Uh, and so, so actually it was, was fitted, fitted in quite well with my uh, aspirations and what I really wanted to do. So you've been there uh, you know, from your day one in the working world anyway. What, what's, um, what's changed and how's that, how's that Eiffel Farmer grown in those times? Well, we've, we've managed to peg ourselves to a couple of uh, trends, emerging trends that, that work pretty well. The first one was the sophistication of sales and marketing, which back in 2003 when I started was not at all where it, where it is today. Um, we grew really on the back of the Salesforce effectiveness and marketing evolution, obviously the online digital revolution um, that happened. But I would say that we would be very silly if we tried to keep ourselves aligned to those trends because these days I believe that it's the entire pharma uh, ecosystem that needs uh, a bit of a shake-up uh, and, and so that's what we're aligning ourselves to now. And what would you say is going to be the next big thing if, if there is a big thing like that again? I was thinking about this morning. Um, I have an ambition to write a book actually and um, I've been, been working on that over the uh, holiday season that we've just had. and. Um, Ultimately, it's culminating in what I think is, uh, you could call it a, a platform business. Pharma has been very vertically integrated. You make products, you sell them, and it's a very sort of uh, narrow channel, a pipe, as it were, uh, to get from one to the other. Um, but at the same time, we have, you know, trying to engage with patients. We have uh, trying to uh, find new ways in which we can uh, use data to, to examine uh, exactly how well products are working and, and what actually matters to patients. And all of a sudden, we're in a situation where it's not just a simple A to B road. It's actually a more complicated thing uh, and uh, actually quite ripe for what I believe is a, is a platform type business where we actually have relationships with customers more as partners yeah. um, so that we're actually in a situation where they can volunteer their own data, they can actually look on pharma as a partner in their healthcare as opposed to a supplier uh, and uh, we can actually build a very interesting business model out of that and I could, I could talk about you know the sort of decade from, from here onwards future of what that model could be but uh, I don't want to freak anybody out <laughs> I was uh, I, I'm listening to a lady called uh, Faith Popcorn at, at Can Health and she's a futurist and mm -hmm. yeah some of the stuff they talk about in the future is, is quite eye-opening <laughs> um, you were talking about there about volunteering your data mm. you, you've, you've started doing some work uh, on the advisory board of humanity mm -hmm. what, what inspired you to do that and tell us a bit more about that well, I felt that if you look at the trajectory, you've obviously got some um, some scandals that have happened in the last 12 months, Cambridge Analytica probably being the most obvious one that, that people will, will recognise. Um, and that's just with social data. Um, you've also got a very profitable industry um, built around people's data. And, and obviously, this is a, a trajectory that's only going to grow and increase. Everybody talks about data as the new oil, which is a phrase I actually dislike, um, because Oil is very much extracted from you know from the earth. You're not you're not uh, in a in a situation there where you're necessarily um, taking from somebody. Whereas when you're coming to personal data, you've obviously got the privacy issue, um, but you also have um, something a bit more than that. I mean, 
you know, when we data at the moment, when it's your social data, we might not say that's particularly important. But look at the trends of healthcare. It's about understanding the real, real time mm -hmm. indication of what your body is doing. It's about understanding your genetic yeah. uh, makeup. All of a sudden, the data that we're actually capturing here is much more than just you know what you what you ate for breakfast, and, and it actually almost. Um, coincides with what your identity is and um, we, we all know how how that could be in the wrong hands or even in just commercial hands and it's an inequitable place that we live in I mean the valuation of most of these big tech companies is not just based on the uh, monetization of, of, of their users going forward it's based on the value of the data that they now hold yeah uh, which can, in many cases, either be resold or used in in different ways. So um, we're being we're we're in a situation where we've we've obviously got a, a growing rich poor divide in society, and that's that's been the case really um, for at least a decade now or, or longer. Uh, and uh, we've got a situation where um, businesses are effect effectively taking from the average consumer uh, and 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 earning a lot of uh, a lot more potential out of that. Yeah. And I just think we could create a much fairer way of doing things um, that actually doesn't sort of hold back businesses at all um, and I'll explain that in a second uh, we've got a much fairer situation that we could create here and a much more sustainable situation because this you know the scandals and the regulation and the difficulties of actually working with data are going to increase in response to all of these these yeah. problems uh, so you've got a you've got a, a really um, tricky situation which we have an opportunity to actually solve from the outset as opposed to waiting until it all falls apart and, and gets even worse than it has been you know we don't want to have to wait for a genetic scandal uh, yeah. on the sort of Cambridge Analytica scale before we take action here and and does that play a part or do, is, is there a role in there for things like personalized medicine as well I'd say it's essential for personalized medicine. Personalized medicine will only exist when the person contributes or volunteers their data. Uh, at the moment, um, you know, HIPAA regulations in the US and other regulations, they, they require anonymization, they require you to strip out uh, a lot of what's in the data in order for it to be usable. Uh, and actually you make the data less worthy. Yeah. Imagine you had a situation now where you trusted a pharmaceutical company you trusted them to the degree where you could actually enter into a partnership with them and you'd be happy to give them a higher quality of data as yeah. a result, thereby making that personalization all the more possible. All of a sudden, the pharma company might actually consider that data to be even more valuable than it did previously. And you actually have a different kind of equation there that can be can be built. You've got a, effectively a sort of fair trade data model as opposed to a, you know, whatever you can get yeah. data model. Uh, and that could actually create for, um, for, for a situation where some of the poorest in society, um, those with nothing, could actually find themselves finding a, a, a way of earning um, a passive income, if they want to, based on their own data, uh, could, could create a much more equitable uh, world, uh, and could, of course, make the era of personalization a lot more uh, realizable. Yeah, I think that, that that's obviously a real benefit to to both parties then as well. And that's you know we 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 constantly talk about what the win win situations at the moment. It's a win lose, but if you can get there into a win win, it's obviously yeah. beneficial. What's the best piece of advice you've ever had, and one that you still live by to this day? Wow, um, I think I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> a phrase that I sometimes think about, and it's a bit of a strange and slightly cheesy source 
is it's actually a quote from the uh, the Matrix, where uh, <laughs> one of the characters is trying to defeat the other uh, in a in a sort of uh, martial arts fight, and the, uh, the 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 message that is shouted towards him is "Stop trying to hit me and hit me." Right. And yeah. I, for some reason, I've always remembered that one um, yeah. because I just think we we overcomplicate things a, a lot in life, and um, and if we just do things uh, as opposed to ruminating about them for too long then 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 uh, we're, we're going to create a much more action-based society and that's that's i think what we what we need at the moment yeah i like that so paul do you do any personal development yourself uh i'm not the the one the sort of person that reads sort of self-help books and things like that i feel like i've never got a lack of motivation in in life and i'm actually a bit of a workaholic really i think that what i do need to do much better is is focus uh, and i do think i almost need to remember about life beyond work a lot of the time so i have an ambition one day to sort of discover meditation and just have more time to think and and, and be myself and, and figure out what it is that i'm actually aiming for um but uh i personally just i'm just on a it's what attracts me to farmer in the first place i'm just always constantly on with how can we make this industry better because i just see that we're a one out of ten yeah. right now yeah. uh, in terms of our our performance and um, i just see so many opportunities for improvement and it frustrates me on a daily basis that we've got this malaise uh this 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 um uh, apologies for my for my language here, but the shit of yesterday, as said to me by the uh, head of Janssen EME, EMEA, who yeah. uh, that was his uh, keynote speech last year, was all about that exact topic and how we are very much holding ourselves back yeah. um, by what we've what we've done in the past. And uh, if you, um, as Amazon would would say, work backwards, they they have a policy of working backwards from the consumer and not at all looking at what they've done in the past. They in fact deliberately organise teams to work on projects that haven't got history working in those areas before. Uh, and they only ever put sort of small teams onto onto even big projects. Yeah. Um, they 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 start with 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 the customer and work backwards from there, mm. and that's the only way in which they they can operate. And uh, it, it changes. Maybe they've got a bit more flexibility with their business model. Yeah. As we all know, they are moving into healthcare though, uh, and they very much um, take that approach to innovation and, and actually getting things done. Uh, and I think um, there's so much that we can do in our industry. So you say you, you you don't struggle for motivation. What what would you say is your motivation? Just exactly that improving. It is. I mean, uh, the industry. one of the um, pres- I, I'm often on a stage, and um, uh, one of the presentations I, I I sometimes give starts with a confession. A confession that I'm not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I usually give this uh, talk in front of people who are talking about patient engagement, um, because I. I, I think a lot of the reason why people are interested in patient engagement is because they are <laughs> nice people but let's be honest with you the compassionate side of it if it hasn't sort of uh, convinced anybody yet then it's not going to the reasons why we need to engage patients more is because of the new business model that's uh, actually uh, coming to play the value-based business model in pharma it's essential for us to work backwards from the patient uh, and uh, and so um, my motivation is not because I've got a personal issue or vendetta or, or some story in my life where pharma could have you know done so much better and saved someone's life or whatever like that i guess i'm lucky not to have that yeah. kind of a story um but i still get just as much motivation almost from the economics of it of, of, of the of the failed potential in mm. terms of what we could be producing here excellent and lastly what do you believe is the key to success one, just a nice easy one for you to finish on. Yeah, very easy. And, you know, if that was an easy key, then I think we'd all, all be there. I think that the, the question to that, though, is defining success because uh, obviously 
we can talk about monetary success, which is the traditional way in which people think of it. But I think of it as, as you know, where are you trying to get to in life? Um, and uh, I think that actually, if you add value to people, then it's going to give you both forms of success, both commercially and also feeling like you've contributed to the world and actually achieved something, um, as Steve Jobs would say, you know, a, a dink in the uh, in the universe or whatever phrase it was he used. Uh, so uh, I think that for me, it's actually having an impact um, that, 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 that for me is, is key and, and whatever I can do to actually change people's thinking. Um, I guess I'm quite lucky that I get to speak to a lot of the, in, the, the leaders in our industry on a, on a daily basis, um, but I'm usually a little bit disappointed actually in what they have to say because I don't feel like they have the imagination or the vision of, of what healthcare could be. Uh, by and large, well, certainly they're not willing to express it or articulate it nearly as much as I think they should. So I think that if I can help people imagine a better future uh, and, and a destination for us to get to, then I think it's going to be a lot easier for us to align with all of the various partners, to be trusted by them because they actually know where we're going uh, and to actually realize that, 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 realize that future that we all want. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today, Paul. Um, and don't forget to register now for the I4 Pharma tickets in March in Barcelona. I'll be there myself and looking forward to that. Um, what, what is the theme for this year, Paul? Uh, the theme is called Medicine is Just the Beginning. Uh, and I suppose you you immediately ask yourself, well, you know, this sort of leaves a gap that uh, that that phrase, you know, what what's the end? What's what, where's it, where else it's going? Obviously, it's to do with the holistic solution that I've just talked about. But also, I think about it's about the new business model that pharma needs to create. This platform-based business model that allows us to be true partners with uh, our customers and and, and uh, stakeholders going forward. So, um, going to be a lot of interesting people in the room. Brilliant. Well, thanks for that, and uh, looking forward to seeing you out there. Can't wait. Thank you. Thanks.